Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 48 through 51. We walk into a a story, the construction of the temple by Solomon. He is getting ready to bring all of the pieces of the puzzle together for completeness and Solomon made all the vessels that pertained unto the house of the Lord the altar of gold and the table of gold whereupon the showbread was and the candlesticks of pure gold five on the right side and five on the left before the oracle with flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold and the bowls and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold and the hinges of gold, both for the doors of the inner house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the house to wit of the temple. So was ended all the work that King Solomon made for the house of the Lord. And Solomon brought in the things which David his father had dedicated even the silver and the gold and the vessels did he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord I feel like the Lord has sent me to encourage this great church and encourage this body with a fresh reminder and a fresh if I could say a fresh commitment and dedication to the house of God and when we leave in just a little while I believe we will have a a firm testimony and the words will exit our lips thank God for the church everybody say that with me thank God for the church aren't you thankful for the church today would you just clap your hands under the Lord hallelujah 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 I thank God today for the church. I thank God today for the church. Second Kings tells an interesting story. And I'll try to give you the shortest version and not bore you. But there's a wonderful lesson contained therein. It begins in 2 Kings chapter 11. And we find that Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel is in her waning years and in a senseless act, one that defies logic. She proceeds to seek out her male grandchildren and destroy them. I don't don't understand or quite understand her, her way of thinking. Maybe it was jealousy. Maybe it was insanity, whatever the case may be. But her daughter, Jehoshaphat, took one of her grandsons by the name of Joash, son of the late Ahaziah, 
and, and, the spirit, and spirits him away into hiding. Takes him into a hiding place. And when you look at this story and you read it, the place that she hid the child was in the temple of God. For even, even she, when you read this story, it, we don't see that she went there often. We don't, we don't know that how long it had been since she had been to the temple. But on that day, uh, there was something that come upon uh, this little lady uh, because she said, I must protect uh, the seed that would be an inheritance to the throne. I cannot let this wicked and vile lady destroy the next king over Israel. But hear me this morning. Where this happened and how this came to pass was she hid him in the house of the Lord. Joash would grow up and be a godly king, one who would love God and did that which was right in the sight of God. And I firmly believe it was because she raised him in the house of the Lord. Parents, let me give you a message this morning. I understand that the pressure of the age is to let up and not put much pressure on our children to come to church. I know if we listen to the, to the, to the modern means of media, they would, they would say, just let your kids determine much less to go to church, but let them determine what gender they are. What they, what they want to be, they can become. But hear me today as I preach to you that now is the time that we as parents, we as grandparents would stand up in the midst of a wicked tide and declare, I will raise my family in the church. We're living in a day and an hour where minimization of holiness, minimization of righteousness, minimization of faithful to church is being propagated by the media. It's being propagated around those that we fellowship and have relationships with. Matter of fact, some psychologists tell you that when you force your children to come to church you're going to drive them away but I'm telling you that if we raise our children in the house of the Lord and not talk bad about the church when we're in our homes and in our living rooms and parents stay faithful to the house of God they will grow up and love God as well if you believe that say amen And I know I'm preaching to people under the sound of my voice today uh, that have wayward children. Uh, They're away from God at this time. Uh, Hear your pastor this morning. Uh, They may depart from it for a season. Uh, But as the wise man said, uh, if you'll train them up in the way they should go, uh, they can't get away from it. Uh, They might leave the building for a while, but the church will never leave their hearts. I've been believing. I've been declaring prodigals are coming home. I believe they're coming home. Prodigals are going to come home. They will find their way back 
to the building. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. They're coming back to the building. Joash was raised in the temple to become the next king. I just wonder who under the sound of my voice are raising the next leaders in this world that we're living in. I just wonder who you're raising inside of your homes. Maybe you're raising the next preacher. Maybe you're raising the next missionary. Maybe you're raising the next Sunday school teacher. Maybe you're, you're, you're raising the next leader that's going to impact the known world. I believe it can happen. That's the amount and the role of influence every parent has in this place today. When you look at the life of Joash, at the ripe old age of seven, Seven. Everybody say seven. It's time to raise Joash up to be king. And Jehoiada knew that once Athaliah found out that they had deceived her, she was going to storm the temple and try to destroy Joash. And Jehoiada does this in verse 4. And the seventh year Jehoiada sent and fetched the rulers over hundreds with the captains and the guard and brought them to him into the house of the Lord. And made a covenant with them and took an oath of them in the house of the Lord. And showed them the king's son. And he commended them saying, this is the thing that ye shall do. A, thar- a third part of you that enter in on the Sabbath shall even be keepers of the watch of the king's house. And a third part shall be at the gate of Sur. And a third part at the gate behind the guard. So shall ye keep the watch of the house. That it be not broken down. I don't know if you caught that. So he takes some of the captain. He takes some of those captain of the guard. And station them at the entrances of the temple. To keep the intruders out. But in case someone breaks through the barrier, he goes a step further in verse 7. And two parts of all of you that go forth on the Sabbath, even shall you keep watch of the house of the Lord about the king. And ye shall compass the king round about every man with his weapons in his hand. And he that cometh within the ranges, let him be slain. And be ye with the king as he goeth out and as he cometh in. We're talking about a seven-year-old kid. I don't know if that registered. We're not talking about a grown man. But a seven-year-old kid, they're putting all this protection. And the captains over the hundreds did according to all the things that Jehoiada the priest commanded. And they took every man, his men that were come in on the Sabbath with them. That should go out on the Sabbath and came to Jehoiada the priest. And they all said, great, but we have no weapons What are we going to do? And Jehoiada said this. God has got all of that worked out already. You won't need your weapons. Read verse 10. And the captains over the hundreds did the priest give King David spears and shields that were in the temple of the Lord. Everything they needed to protect the king was in the house already. 
Remember those dedicated instruments Solomon put in the temple. The, that's what these men used to fight the enemy of God. With these dedicated weapons. They slew Athaliah. And Joash reigned over Israel. Now I'm going to tell you again this morning. There are people that are trying to fight a spiritual enemy with your own weapons. But you need to lay them down and come to church. You need to lay them down and understand that in the church there's every weapon you need to fight the adversaries that want to get your kids that want to bust your marriage up. It's in the church. I wish somebody would believe me right now and shout amen. I've come to declare today. I've come to put some important. The church is essential. I don't care what Fox says, what CNN says, what MSN says. The church is essential. We've got to have the church. We've got to have the church of the living God. May there be a fresh breath come back into the body that realizes there's power in the house of God. I was raised, you know, I was raised by a mom and a daddy that didn't, didn't give me an option if I was going to church. I never, I never woke up on Sunday and said, hey, daddy, are we going to church today? I'm afraid I'd have beat, been beat black and blue. You're going to church, son. We're going to church. I just never had that question that ever, ever entered into my mind. But in the church, you're going to find everything you need to be victorious. God's already put in his church everything you need to fight your battles. Put down your own ideas, sir. Put down your own philosophies, uh, your own weapons, and get into the house of God. What we just created a while ago with our praise and worship uh, is an atmosphere hell cannot counterattack. Uh, he cannot. No, no, no. You can't tell me that what we had in this house uh, a few minutes ago, the praises and the worship that went forth. Uh, there were demons that were put on the run. Uh, there were miracles that happened uh, when we began to worship. God. God's got everything you need in his house. Every weapon you need is in this house right now. There was a time in David's life when he was running from the enemy. This one was from within. It was in his predecessor Saul. He comes to the house of the Lord and Man, I love David for this reason. When he had a problem, he ran to the house of God. I wish that a fresh revival of that would come back into the people. You got a problem? I can't. I got to get to the church. I, I, I got to run to the house of God. I got I, I got this going on. I got I got to get to the church. For First Samuel twenty one one through nine. Then David came. Then David to Nob to Elimelech the priest, and Elimelech was afraid at the meeting of David, and said unto him. Why art thou alone and no man with thee? And David said unto Elimelech the priest, The king hath commanded me a business and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of this business whereabout I send thee. And what I have I commanded thee. I have appointed my servants to such and, and such a place. Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand 
or what there is present. And the priest answered David, there is no common bread under my hand, but this is hallowed bread. This is what belongs to the priest. But reverse six, so the priest gave him hallowed bread. For there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord to put, ooh, somebody say hot bread. There ain't nothing like hot bread. What we've got in here today is hot bread. To put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. David came looking for the natural bread. But he got the spiritual bread instead. How many come in here today? You were looking for something natural. But God said, I'm going to give you something spiritual. Verse 8 said, and David said unto Elimelech, And is there not here under thine hand a spear or sword? All of this was in the house of God. All of this was in the house of God. For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me. Because the king's business requires haste. David didn't bring his own substance. And he didn't bring his own weapon to the house of God. But listen to what the Bible says. And the priest said, you don't have a weapon today? Good, you're qualified for what I got. The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah. Ooh, come on somebody, it's here, it's here. It's in the house, it just so happens to be in the church, it happens to be. It's wrapped in the cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take it, take it. You notice the priest didn't get it for him. You notice the priest didn't unwrap it. The Bible says, if thou wilt take it, take it. For there is no other save that here. There's no other weapon here, David, but the sword you killed Goliath with. And David said, there is none like that. Give it to me. Here's the awesome part of this story. When David got to the house of God, the weapons or the weapon that he needed for that day was already there. It was already prepared. I believe that's why David wrote psalms like these in Psalms 21 through 2. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Psalm 63, 1 and 2, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Psalm 73, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. But verse 17 says, until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I understood 
therein. Thy way, in Psalm 77, thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Psalms 96, 6, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Psalms 134, blessed, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth, bless thee out of Zion. Psalms 151 through 6. If they could put that on the screen, I know I went very fast and I do apologize. But Psalms 151 through 6 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him according to his. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. When we come to the house of God, praise comes out. When we get in the house of the Lord, we can get what we need. I look at the life of David and I'm looking at lives with smiles on their faces. Probably when you don't feel like smiling. When you've been through pure, pure hell this week. Maybe things didn't, maybe you didn't get the report you thought you would get. Maybe you didn't get, the, the, the situation didn't work out like you, like you planned, but David gives us so much insight. David had been helped in the sanctuary so many times that he knew the importance of going to the house of God. He would even pen these words, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad, when I got up this, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of God. No wonder he was glad. David had already discovered that there was bread in the house. There was strength in the house. And there was victory in the house. I just feel like pausing right now and just saying, thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. I feel the spirit of the living God in this place right now. One of the biggest lies Satan can tell us is that we don't need the church. I, I said one of the biggest lies Satan can tell us is that we don't need the church. A, a friend of mine came yesterday and purchased strawberries from us. And I began to talk to him. He goes to another denomination, even another faith in, in a neighboring city. And he said something to me. And I I was so struck, and it was, it was how I was conveyed in my, I was feeling and have been feeling since COVID started in March. We shut down our doors March 15th, and we stayed closed for two months. And Brother Jacob, you know what it's like to be closed for longer than that because California has had probably some of the strictest rules and regulations of any state in the whole United States. And uh, he began to, he began to share with me and he, he began to read something to me. And I did post it. 
He said, Pastor, I know it's an unpopular opinion. But he said, there's no such thing as online church. You can watch a sermon online. You can watch singing online. You can give online. You can worship and praise God while you watch a sermon or a song online. But you can't have church online. The word church means assembly. I'm thankful for technology that has allowed us to access certain segments of our fellowships in these uncertain days. But don't ever be mistaken. Assembling and logging in are two different things and always will be. I thank God today for the church. I said I thank God that we can assemble, that we can come to. I thank God I can see your face. I thank God I can see your smile. I thank God I can feel the fellowship. This is the church. And I thank God for the church. Don't ever let the devil try to tell you you don't need to be in the church. Don't let fear keep you away from the church. If you fall and you make a mistake, get back to the church. Maybe you've not made all the best decisions. Maybe you've done things you're embarrassed of. But get back to the church. It's where miracles happen. It's where provisions take place. It's where strength and hope are revived in your spirit. There's an old song that was so popular. Back when I was a kid, it said, me and Jesus has our own thing going. But I feel like that would be safe to say that's an incorrect statement. God works through his church. God protects his church. God speaks to his church. The word church appears 80 times in the word of God. And the first time the word is used is by Jesus. Matthew 16 and 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my Somebody shout it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Against it. You've come too late to tell me that when Jesus established his church, he established it in victory, not defeat. You can't kill an apostolic church. You can't destroy a church that's built on the rock, Christ Jesus. What I love about Jesus, he didn't say the church would be perfect or without persecution or trial. But he did say before the church was ever begun, when the time has come and gone, and every philosophy of man has come and gone, and every institution of man made origin has risen and fallen back to dust, I'll still have a church. I'll still have a church. Let emperors come, let rulers come, let dictators come, let presidents come and go. There will be a church. There will be a church until the trump of God shall sound. And I've just come to tell you. In the midst of a COVID-19 season. In the midst of unforeseen things going on out there. The safest place for you and me to be is in the middle of the church. Because it's already destined to overcome. One day we'll be without spot or wrinkle. But right now we have a few wrinkles. But even in spite of our imperfections. We're still the church of the living God. 
And one day he's coming back for his church. If you believe it, say amen. The church that was established by Jesus had the breath of life. Breathed in it by the Holy Ghost. And perpetrated by the apostles. They went out. They went out preaching the gospel through the church. The church is still the medium through which God speaks. He anoints the preached word. He heals by the laying on of hands of the elders. He brings comfort and strength and encouragement. I thank God for the church. Can I tell some weary soul, stay in the church? Can I, st- can I tell someone you're weary and well-doing, just stay in the church. Don't leave the building. Don't leave where you've been planted. Stay in the church. Branston, say it with me. Stay in the church. Stay it with me. Stay in the church. Brother Dakota, say stay in the church. church. Michael, say stay in the church. You don't know how many people are hanging on your nail. You don't know how many are going to walk through those doors. And you're hearing pastors say, stay in the church. Stay in the church. Stay in the church. How many is going to walk in? Brother Otis, stay in the church. How many are going to walk in and see you sitting on the pew and say, you know what? I want what they have. I want to experience what they have. How many more Branstons? How many more Williams? How many more Abriellas? How many more Annas? How many more Zoes? How many more Chrissies are going to walk in the church and see a few radical people that believe in the church? <laughs> I feel it. Some of you have been living. I, I see gray hair all over this house and quickly I'm becoming one. But I see people that have weathered some storms. I see people. It ain't always been easy. It's been struggles. It's been. There are things that if you've written it down on paper. You've probably had every excuse to leave the church. But something kept driving you back to the place. Where you first received Christ. Where you first got the Holy Ghost. Where you first experienced. Something happened in the church that you can't get away from. Something got a hold of me. I was listening to my pastor. I was listening to my pastor preach online. I've listened to several messages this week after his passing. And I've listened to him sing this week. I've listened to him preach this week. Because today I'm doing what he would want me to do. He'd want me to be preaching. He'd want me. That man loved the church. That man loved the church. He just loved it. It was who he was. And I began to listen to songs that he would sing. And I shared some of them on Facebook. But way do you see, way do you see my brand new home. He was singing about a home. But he was singing it in church. He was singing a song about it's real. It's real. I know it's real. There's something about the power of the Holy Ghost that I know, I know it's real. It happened in the church. I'm telling you, much like the elders of old, and I'm going I'm to kind of hug and spank our younger generation right here all at the same time. That's all right with you this morning. I'm going to help us. 
We can't depend on the elders to be the ones to bring the oil to the house of God every week. You see, the saints were responsible in the Old Testament to bring oil to the temple to keep the lamp burning. But I say it's time out for our dependency to be only on the elders. It's time for a young generation that will stand up and say, I'm going to bring the oil to the temple for my family. I'm not going to depend on somebody else to do it for me. I'm not going to depend on, no, no, no. I'm bringing the oil to the temple, to the church, for my family. I thank God for our elders. I thank God for every gray hair in this room right now. I thank you for the oil that you brought for many years. But I believe there's some oil about to be brought to the kingdom for such a time as this by a generation that has a fresh appreciation for the house of God. Nehemiah, catch your second wind. Nehemiah 10, 39, for the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the corn and of the new wine and the oil into the chambers, which are the vessels of the sanctuary and the priest that minister and the porters and the singers. And we will not forsake the house of our God. The saints were blessed by each other's contributions. They were fed by the offerings and input of other members. That's what's so awesome about you being here today. God has someone over on this side who needs the prayers of somebody on this side. God's going to give a saint on my left a word of encouragement through the lips of a saint on my right. God's going to feed one through the offering of another. That's the beauty of the church. I love this church. I love this church. I do. I love this church. That's why. That, that's what's so incredible about you. We've all come together and bring something that nobody else can bring. And God dedicates our talents. He dedicates our abilities. He dedicates our prayers, our contributions. And they bless the entire church. But ask yourself, what did I bring today to contribute to the whole? What did I bring today? It causes all of us to stop and ponder. Your smile is contagious. Nobody can smile like you. Nobody can love like you can love. Nobody can be the worshiper that you are. When your worship is absent, it's absent. Nobody can worship for you. When you're not here, there's a spot, there's a place that's missing, and there's a gap, and there, there's a gap in the hedge. Where's such and such? Where's sister so and so? Where's brother so and so? Oh, I miss the elders that have gone. I'm getting very sentimental and very, 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 could get emotional right here. I can't tell you how many times this week in our back there preparing and uh, working in strawberries, how many times I said, Oh, I miss brother so and so. Oh, I miss sister so-and-so. They filled such a hole. But now they're gone. Now they're no longer on the scene. And I'm, lead to, I'm left to ask the question, who's going to fill their shoes? If we could understand the power of the church, if a love for the church would rise in us, we would understand that in the house today there's salvation, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's joy, there's peace, there's strength, there's direction, there's provision. Everybody say, in the house. 
That's why if it's just you and Jesus. If it's just you and Jesus having your own thing going. You're missing really what you were created and destined to become. Because everything you are and ever will become. Should point back to the church. To the house of the Lord. It's got to include it. Johnny James preached a message many, many years ago. If the church is not your mother, then God is not your father. Kind of a strong statement, but a true one. Too many people think that they can make it on their own. I'll just ostracize. I'll be an island to myself. But you need the church. We need one another. I said we need one another. The greatest tool the enemy will use is seclusion. If I can just break them away from the church. If I can just break them away from brothers and sisters of like-minded faith. I can begin to destroy them one day at a time. I'll get them to lock away into their homes. I'll begin. That's why this quarantine has been so, so devastating to many. Because in their mind they've erected walls of fear. And yes, there are some that have compromising health situations. And yes, they have justifiable reasons and excuses for being extra precautious. And I'm not minimizing one of them. But when good people allow the spirit of fear. When good people allow the spirit of fear and the weapon of hell. That weapon of seclusion to bring them away from the body of Christ. The people of God. The enemy begins to win the battle. We need each other in this day and in this hour. I read too many times. Actually 484 appearances in the King James. It uses the word Together, let us exalt his name together. Gather my saints together unto me. We took sweet counsel together. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Break forth into joy. Sing together. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. And when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And when they, cut, and when they were come and had gathered the church together they rehearsed all that God had done with them. For we are laborers together with God. Wherefore comfort ourselves or yourselves together. And not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The Bible says. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together. With them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall be we with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I love the church. I love being in this building today. I love being here. I love it. I love it, brother. I need the church. It's not, oh, I feel the whole, it's not by accident you came to this church, brother. God sent you here for a witness. God sent you here to be a witness. Let me just say, Let me, let me try to say it the best way I know how as I'm trying to come quickly. If we can't come in and worship together here. I don't see how we can go there and worship together. Don't let the devil trick you into believing that you don't need the church. 
I know the church is not perfect. I know it has its failings. But this is the institution that Jesus has already said would be victorious. God let us fall in love with your church all over again. Musicians come. I close with a story. In Judges 19. It gives a gruesome story of a man. Who had gone to Bethlehem to retrieve his unfaithful wife. She agreed to come back to Jerusalem with him. And they traveled a long way toward the house of God. As the night fell on them, they decided to stop and rest. First mistake. Because an old man came out of the fields of Gibeah. Where they had stopped and persuaded them to come to his house. As he promised protection. If they had not stopped, things probably would have been alright. But they stopped. As they were sitting around the table, having a good time that night, the knock came at the door. The knock on the door came from the evil, perverse men of that city. Who just like the men of Sodom, desired the male visitors that they might have carnal relations with them. The man of the house declined but offered instead his own virgin daughter along with the concubine of his visitors. They thrust this concubine outside where the Bible says she was used and abused by these monsters all night long. The next day when the traveler got up to leave he opened the door and found the bruised bloodied concubine lying on the doorstep her hands on the threshold dead from her wounds what a gory story but oh what a powerful meaning it is today to us in 2021 there will be many influences in our lives to distract us from our journey in our quest to make our way to the house of the Lord. There will be many things in the streets. That will entice us. To come there. Do this. Stop here. Have a good time. You'll be safe here. You can get to the house of God whenever you get ready. It'll be there. You'll be safe right here for the night. You really don't need to travel through the night. You can make it to Jerusalem or the city of God tomorrow. Much like this story unfolds. We will be tempted. We will be tempted with a, with a way that's easier, more attractive, more convenient. But the old man in the street can't provide the safety he says he can provide. Our only protection is in the house of God. If I could speak to a weary, and I've already said this, if I could speak to a weary, lonely, depressed, and oppressed soul, you're in the house of God. Don't stop now. Don't turn aside. Who knows how many family members might die because we turned aside in our journey. To the house of God. 
How many prayers have you already prayed for your children and grandchildren? And the enemy would try to entice you. You've prayed enough prayers. You don't need to pray anymore. Oh. But if you just keep praying. They're going to find the doors to the church. They're going to find the altar at the church. They're going to find the baptismal tank at the church. They're going to find salvation in the house of the Lord. The long term ramifications of our lack of attendance to the house of the Lord. I said the long term ramifications. It scares me. It frightens me. I would hate for my son to call me in just a little while. And and him say, Dad, how was church today? Son, I gave up on church. I quit. What do you mean, Dad? You taught me. You go to church. You get involved. You live for God. I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, but Dad, you can't quit going to church. I watched you love the church. The saddest testimony is at the end of our lives, and we don't know when that will be, but the saddest testimony could be You did run well. But what hindered you? What what distracted you in the journey that you obey not me? Agrippa, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Maybe today you've never heard the message of salvation. Maybe you've never heard That you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That Jesus told his disciples to go to Jerusalem. And wait till you be endued with power from on high. But today you come to a church. That believes. In the gospel. Of the death. Burial. And resurrection of our Lord. Yes he died. Yes he was buried. Yes, he rose again on the third day so that we may rise in newness of life.